Claudette was exhausted but happy. Have you ever felt that? Exhausted but happy? Because you did something that mattered? Something that was yours to do and maybe it was hard but you did it and you felt like you, felt like you were somebody? That you were a river flowing and that the river was flowing in you and you remembered I am somebody. I matter. Exhausted but happy. You ever felt like that? Like you had a purpose and you met it and it was worthy and it was good and life was good. This is what I mean when I say happy, by the way. Not content, not at ease, not drugged out or distracted, not ignoring the call to service and action and presence, but leaning into it, answering it. Exhausted but happy. You ever feel like that? Like you did something that mattered right then, right there, like you mattered, like you matter. You do, you know. This is the first thing. When we say that each person has some kind of purpose, some kind of calling, that your choices and actions count, that you have at least, that you can have a mission, a vision for your life. When we say that everyone has a mission, this is the first thing. Everyone counts. You matter. You are somebody. There's a river, that song, there's a river flowing in my mind, in my heart, in my soul. That was written by Rose Sanders, that's what it says in your hymnal. But later she changed her name to Thea Rose Touré. She was the first black female judge in Alabama. And that ain't nothing, is it? Every year she coordinates a march, a jubilee march, she calls it, across a bridge in Selma, Alabama, where she lives. You know the one, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. This is Judge Ture on the ground, leading a die-in on the bridge in 2016 to protest and draw attention to continuing discrimination in Selma and Alabama and across the United States. And it's telling me I'm somebody. It's telling me I'm somebody. Look, even somebody like me who looks like what society has always found worthy and important, who has a job full of meaning and purpose, who has friends and family and hobbies and all the rest, sometimes, sometimes I doubt whether I matter, whether I have worth and count. I do. And I think every single one of us doubts that sometimes. Everyone I've ever met who is honest says that sometimes we think this way. I think it is part of the human condition we wonder if it matters and if we matter, which is why I need theologians and songwriters like Judge Ture and Howard Thurman who need to begin their work by saying clearly and now without question, I am somebody. I am somebody because there is a river in my soul and I am somebody because I am a child of God and I'm the dust of stars and I am a human being and I matter, and so do you. So does everybody else. It's an assertion of faith, of religion, of humanism, of courage, an assertion of love. You matter. You do. You too. You too. You're worthy and valuable and holy, and you don't have to do anything to deserve it. You just are. The world is there for you, and you are part of it, and you are lovable and lovable and loved and able to love, that's first. That's first. Second is this. 
What will you do with your one wild and precious life? You don't have to do anything with it in order to be holy and sacred. You don't have to. But don't you want to? Don't you want to feel alive? Don't you want to feel exhausted and happy all at once? I don't know what a prayer is exactly, but I do know how to lie down in the grass and tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? What will be your mission? What will you say yes to? This is second. First is you're worthy. Because you're worthy, you can choose a mission, a purpose, a way to live out loud, but that comes second. You don't have to have a mission to be worthy of one. I'm going to say that clearly. But what is your mission? What will you say yes to? I think about this question a lot. Part of my job, I suppose. Isaac Guerrero, who writes for our local paper, recently wrote some words I really liked. He said this, They say that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And whether you agree with him or not, you cannot deny that Reverend Johnson knows how to squeak. <laughs> As a personal mission statement, that ain't so bad. I've been called a lot worse. He squeaks for justice. Maybe I could translate that into Latin and make it an official motto. Actually, I. I spent some time last May working with a coach to get some clarity, more clarity, about my personal mission, my vision in my life, and it was really great. In doing this work, where I charted what had given me joy and purpose, what had made me exhausted but happy throughout my life so far, we had been following the advice attributed to Howard Thurman. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. And do that, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. What the world needs is people who have come alive. I love that. The world of deadness and drudgery, of forgetting and suffering, needs people who have come alive. Now, you need to read that quotation in light of the rest of Thurman's work, his advocacy for compassion, for justice, for learning and study, it is not enough to say, well, it makes me feel alive. You also have to ask, is it just? Is it caring? Is it true? But something can be all of those things, and it isn't for you. It isn't your work. It might be important work. Somebody might need to do it, but that doesn't mean it's your mission. Your mission needs to be just and caring and true, but there are lots of things that are just and caring and true. What makes you come alive? We don't all need to have the same mission statement. God forbid. How boring. We need to have our own. The combination of what matters to the world, what makes us come alive, what we're good at, and what is possible right now. This is a fourfold test I recommend to you. I've found useful for myself and others. One, what matters to the world. What will make some kind of difference? There are a billion things that matter to the world. You don't have to choose the most urgent, although you can. But make sure that your mission matters to somebody. Water for frogs, food for the hungry, learning for the curious, art, beauty, a well-built home, a quality relationship with a young person or an older person, something that matters to somebody. 
Don't let your mission be narcissistic, something that's only good for you. It should be good for you, but not just for you. Two, what makes you come alive? Think back on your life so far. What things have made you most joyful? Most exhausted and happy all at once? Most connected to the universe? Travel? Organizing? Writing? Cooking? Solitude? Friendship? What makes you come alive? Three, what you're good at. What are your gifts? What do you do well? Now, just because you're good at something doesn't mean it is your mission right now, by the way. Maybe you want to grow a gift you've let atrophy. Maybe you have a secret talent you're ready to bring out and show off. But choose something you've got some skill at. And for what is possible right now. If you are, for example, caring for a spouse who is not well and you want your mission to be to spend some months away working with refugees in Honduras, maybe you're going to have to wait. We have obligations and responsibilities and duties, and our mission needs to fit in those things. might not be those things. It might be, but it might not be those things, but it needs to fit in those other responsibilities and duties. Maybe now isn't the moment. Maybe it is. You have to exercise some discernment. I can't tell you what goes in the center of that Venn diagram. Only you know for yourself, though we could talk it through, and you should talk it through with somebody, a friend or a small group, and me, because I figured out mine through talking with somebody about it. It's helpful. Bounce ideas back and forth, reflect together. But when you have it, you know. Some of you know. That's your road. That's your path through the woods, and you need to take it. You need to choose. You have to choose what you want your mission to be. And it will shift over time. Your mission will change if you have children, and it will change again when they get older. It will change when you retire, and it will change again when you've got to take more time to get going each day. But the general character of it will respond to who you are and what matters to you. Your gifts, a sense of mysterious calling, a sense of being beckoned. Lots of choices are fine. They look more or less the same. But standing forever at the fork will not do. You must choose and live into the road and make it your way, your own way, the road not taken until you take it. Two roads diverged in the yellow wood. The point of the poem is not go the less popular way. Just like the point of the poem, which includes the line, good fences make good neighbors, is not that good fences actually make good neighbors. <laughs> the point is that the roads are pretty similar. And chances are, the way the lead leads on to the next way, he won't be back there again. So you have to choose. One is a little less well-traveled, maybe, at least as far as you can see, to round the bend, but that's not very far. You have to choose. And you need to say, this is what I am about. You make a choice, and then you go down that way. Because if you don't choose, if you don't give some thought to what your mission is, what your vision is, what matters to you and why, well, if you don't think about this, 
You'll just do what they say. And the they is many, and they will tell you what to do. You'll just bounce from impulse to impulse to shouting voice to shouting voice. Having a mission, having a vision for yourself is the only way you know to say no to the clamoring voices. The only way to, you don't just float on the wind. Claudette's having fun, floating along, making friends, having a good time. But it is when she gets lost that she begins to wonder, what am I for? Sometimes you have to stride into the woods and take the other way. There are so many voices who are happy to tell you what your mission should be. Advertisers, politicians of both parties, your parents, your children, self-help gurus and diet mavens. The voices go on and on. Do this, be this. Which ones do you respond to? The loudest? The most seductive? The easiest? I'll tell you, if you step into any kind of leadership, volunteer, professional, civic, whatever, some of you know this well, those voices get louder. I have lots of people, lots of people, who tell me what they think my mission ought to be. Some of them I've actually met. <laughs> Most of them aren't even church members. Now, sometimes there is wisdom in these voices, but how will you know? unless you've thought about what you are for and why. Unless you remember the first thing, that you matter, that you have inherent worth and dignity, that you are sacred and holy and important. And then you remember the second thing, that you have a unique and individual purpose for your life. And there is a place where you come alive and your gifts and the moment match Unless you remember those two things, you will be buffeted and swayed by the crying voices and the shouting screams. There's another poem by Mary Oliver about this. And I thought, I was finishing the sermon yesterday, I thought, can we really do two Mary Oliver poems in the same day? <laughs> and I thought, yes, we can. This poem is called The Journey. The Journey. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations. Though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough, and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voice behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. We give thanks for that sense of calling for the woods and the stars that help us find our way, for all that is our life, for our gifts, and for the moment that is before us. We give thanks for hearing our own voice, for claiming our mission, 
living our vision this day and every day. I invite you to rise in body or spirit. We will.